0: Just before we went to break, we had Oilers Game Day Trivia for our friends at Pro-Am Sports. Jack of the Staff at Pro-Am, Fan Cave and Fan Gear Specialist for all budgets in Edmonton on St. Albert Trail and at ProAmSports.ca. A super easy question, I think, for you, judging by the fact that we have over uh, eight pages of text right now for the answer. Which former Oilers captain went by the nickname Gator? Brendan Escott's back at the 630 Chad Studios. Brendan, who won the trivia? Uh, Jonathan from Knighton today was able to hit the Ephus pitch, Bob. I like that you threw that one out. Yeah. (laughs) Nicely done. Jason Smith, of course, just an awesome dude. He will be in the building tonight as well, one of my favorite letter players of all time. Protect the Net is brought to you by Solve Cyber Security. Stay ahead of cyber threats with the team that you can trust. Visit Solve. That's S-O-1-V-E dot I-O. Stuart Skinner starting a goal. He's 4-3, 3.32 goals against average at 8.97 save percentage. Laurent Brassois, 5-2. He's at 3.13 with an 8.96 save percentage. And the Oilers have gashed him in this series. They've scored nine goals on 58 shots. Bressois has an 8.45 save percentage in the series. Uh, Skinner is at 9.06. We're going to head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline and welcome back to the show uh, a guy who had a cup of coffee with the Edmonton Oilers but etched out a hard-nosed NHL career for himself, and I'm sure he would have had no problems at all with how Edmonton acquitted themselves. As things got a little nasty against Vegas, we welcome back to the show Alan May, longtime Capitals player and broadcaster. Hello, Al. How you doing?
1: Doing great, Bob. Good to be with
0: you. Good. And uh, look, you, you do the Capitals games, but uh, you've always had an affinity for the Edmonton Oilers. It is spectacular. what, what We're watching the King of Leon right now, isn't it?
1: Absolutely, I just love the energy every game, and you know they're going out there, they're playing with desperation, commit commitment to the details of how they need to play, and they're adapting on the fly. So, and then watching Leon, it's just amazing to see on the power play and five on five everything that he does. But on the power play, how he just waits and waits and waits, and he you know the puck's going to come to him, and he can shoot from any part of his stick. He can contort his body for such a big guy any way, and he's so successful. He's got touch. He's got power. He's got a quick release. Uh, it's so fun to watch him right now. So I have a theory
0: that, look, Settle's a guy that engages physicality during the regular season because of how he protects the puck. So, the game gets more physical in the playoffs, but he plays physical in the regular season. So he has—I mean, right now he's got—he's averaging more points per game than any other active player in the NHL that's played 25 or more games in the playoffs. There's no other player in the league active that's played 25 plus games that's anywhere near the points uh, per game clip that Leon's at. Does that make sense to you? That because he plays a physical game in the regular season, it's easier for him to play a physical game in the pl- Like Jay Woodcroft talked about it. He's the modern power forward.
1: Well, what I like about the way he plays, I've always compared him a little bit to uh, Andre Kopitar and the fact that how he protects the puck. And neither of them look like they're going 1,000 miles an hour, but it's funny how they use their bodies to skate around every single defenseman in the National Hockey League. They, they they use, uh, you know, the glide that they have, the strength that they have, and then on the boards. They both play a great board game, but we'll stick to Leon. You know, he's so tough on the wall. He's strong. Uh, I remember when he was drafted, people would say he, he, he wasn't a great skater, and, you know, the scouts all say he's got bad boots. Well, I'll take those bad boots any day of the week because what he is as a skater, I, I think he's excellent in his own way. I think he's phenomenal. And the strength that he uses to play the game, because he just doesn't do it at one time of the year. He does it in every single game that he plays. And he's a competitor. That You know, you take all of that, the size, strength, the competitiveness, and then the fact that he wants to be the best, uh, that's pretty hard to stop when you have a guy with that attitude and those tangibles.
0: Have you ever seen anything like the Oilers power play right now? I mean, it's currently clicking. We're eight games into the playoffs, and the Oilers are at 56%. And on a couple of the power plays, the Oilers have had the game wrapped up and didn't use either the first or second units in garbage time at the end of the games on the power play.
1: No, you know what? I could only imagine. I know that Connor and Leon are amazing, and they're you know, from another planet when it comes to how the game is played. But I could imagine those old Oiler teams that we grew up watching, if the coaching was different because everything was so much the same back then. But had they been able to free will like this and not just stand around, I could imagine they would have done it pretty amazing. It would have been incredible as well. But in modern-day hockey with six and seven, it feels like eight coaches on the bench. Uh, there's nothing like this. And I don't know how you prepare for it because they try to take something away. There's always something else that's open. And people are so scared of Connor when he has the puck. Uh, You know, he doesn't stay on the half wall on the opposite side like most players would probably traditionally do, being like the best player in the game. So he freewheels. He's on every inch of the ice inside the offensive zone. It makes it impossible to stop. His head is up. It's never down. It doesn't take. He doesn't have to pull the puck back to pass it. You don't know whether he's going to make a move or throw it, pass it, shoot it. So the deception that he has really opens up everyone else on the power play. And now that they have some other, you know, dangerous threats on there, I think Evan Bouchard. It's been amazing how he stepped up uh, with Tyson Berry gone on the power play, and you know he's such a. Now you can't just you know let him go. Uh, so it, it, this power play has just been phenomenal, beyond phenomenal to watch. Uh,
0: not lost on you that the combination of the uh, the four big dogs for the Leafs making 40 million bucks, Matthews, who you know has created lots of opportunities in that series, Matthews, Tavares, Marner. And Nylander. they've yet to score in the first three games, and Connor and Leon have eight goals in the first two for Edmonton. Now, Bobrovsky's played great. They're, you know, like the Leafs are playing a better goalie, but is that you know at some point here do those guys need to
1: break through? Well, I think the biggest thing with Toronto, and, you know, I'm not going to go after those guys because I've seen it with the Washington Capitals before. I've seen it with the Pittsburgh Penguins, you know, the better teams in the league. When you don't have defensemen on your squad, and and I look at the players that they were playing, you know, Justin Hall, and, you know, they're using Luke Shen as their number one right D. He's not a puck mover. He's not a speed guy. Uh, He's got to play the game safe. Those players need pucks given to their sticks on the breakout in the neutral zone and the offensive zone, the fastest moving player has to receive a puck and it's not happening right now. So you look at Giordano to me, he's a third pair guy. Now Brody, I think he'd be a third pair guy. I like McCabe. I I like Riley, but having hole in the lineup, having Luke Shen in the lineup right now, I think that really hurts the big guys in Toronto because I do like their forward group. I think they're tenacious on the puck way better than they've been with this group of players in a long time. But to me, they're not getting the puck enough at the right time. So that team doesn't have the balance that you need. You have to have strong defense, and what Edmonton's done by adding Eckholm to the mix. It is a perfect example of having a stud back or a true stud in every facet and area of the game. And the other guys move the puck well. Cody Ceci gets the puck out of the zone. Bouchard is excellent at moving the puck. You know, when Nurse simplifies his game and moves the puck quicker, you know, they're, they're so much better of a team. And, and it enhances, the, you know, your offensive zone time, the speed at which you can play the game offensively, the five-man cycle in the offensive zone. So I think it boils down to the D. So I will give those guys a pass, and I will admit that I hate Toronto more than any team in the league. They're easy. I, I think most people do. And there's, there's something about them that's unlikable. But I will say, uh, I will stick up for those top players that they have because they don't have the d men to ring the puck up the way they need to move it and get this game going.
0: All right. Uh, Toronto also isn't the team that necessarily excels at dragging the game in the alleys. The Oilers have a different team. Ken Holland's built a huge defense, and it, it got somewhat predictable commonplace, Al, when you played with the Washington Capitals in the playoffs and, you know, late in games, if it got one-sided, you knew it was coming. The orders seem quite adept at this right now, don't they, Al?
1: Yeah, they do. And I love the fact that they've got that, you know, they stick up for each other. Everyone gets involved in the scrums. And you can usually tell if a team is tight and if they're all in on something by everyone getting involved. And I think what the Oilers did, the way they stuck together, the you know the dreaded three-goal spread, you know, when I played junior in pro hockey, I was like, okay, here we go. And then you have to dictate how you do it. You have to step up and stand up. And I thought the Oilers did a phenomenal job, especially being on the road the other night, of sticking up for themselves.
0: Uh, thoughts on Evander Kane as a top-six guy? <laughs> I mean, this guy seems to embrace, it's almost like he embraces being a heel, a wrestling heel on the road. It was, I mean, we got one of the most hilarious memes of all time out there in the Twitterverse. But he can back it up, can he, Al?
1: Well, you know, the, the biggest thing about him, it's a perfect marriage for him being on the Edmonton Oilers. And I always feel like, of all those goals he used to score, they were always against the Washington Capitals, whether he's in Atlanta, whether he's in Winnipeg, uh, San Jose, Edmonton. It, it just always felt like, so I was always an admirer of the way he played. Uh, he could shoot the puck, he could skate, he Finishes hits, he could he could fight with anybody. But I, I love the fact that the attitude that he has, he's not going to change. He's stubborn out there. I don't care about anything else about him other than how he's playing the game for his team. He sticks up for players on and off the ice. We know uh, what yes, he did he the other does. night. The message, the messages that he sent the other night were huge. And now that becomes a huge distraction for the Las Vegas Golden Knights as to, or the Vegas Golden Knights. I, I got to get used to saying it that way, but. He's got to. He's going to be in their head, and they're going to be wondering what's he going to do. I love the way he took care of Kolasar the other night. Uh, the code in hockey, I think, is garbage and BS because when I played, you fought to win, you fought to the end. You know, you you, you had you didn't stop until. It was stopped. No two guys looked at each other and said, Well, I'm tired, or I hurt my hand. Guys just kept swinging away. I like the fact that he has that old school attitude. People might not like that, but I do, and I think it carries weight in the playoffs. Uh, he's a physical player, and to me, you know, it looked like he was playing hurt in the last round. But he's, bring, he's bringing his A game. He's doing what he can. He's a heart and soul type of player.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, right? He's got a lot of detractors around the league, and a lot of people didn't want the owners to bring the guy in in the first place. I bet you right now if I pulled our listeners on the Ashley Five Floors text line, I'd like some brutal honesty from people. How many people out there, oh, we can't have Kane, you know, went down the virtue signaling path, and then once Kane came to the team, how many of you have changed your – well, you know, geez, jeezy went out and did some things for some kids at Christmas with James H. Brown with Trent Brown of the gang and uh, you know he's, he's gotten involved and supported children that have fought some cancer issues and then he's out there not taking any crap out on the ice and sitting I mean even in the penalty box like Hyman sitting there an 80 point guy and he's tied up with Carrier and Kane's chirping Carrier about you know, having the huggy bear going on, you know, oh, you clenched him in tight, you didn't throw a punch, you're afraid to throw a punch. And I'm thinking, well, I don't think I want William Carrier fighting, uh, you know, fighting uh, uh, Zach Hyman at any time. But, you know, he just has a way about him that uh, frustrates the opposition but energizes the uh, uh, the Oilers as well.
1: Well, Yeah, well, you know what, it's just – there are players on the Golden Knights, and I, I'm a guy that's been advocating for someone to take out William Carrier. Or myself, for, you know the <laughs> the late hits, the low hits, the things that he does. So when I, when anyone gets involved with him, I don't mind. I think it should be a punch thrown first when you start with him. But the uh, I, I just think that the Oilers have to con- c- continue to you know c- you know dropping the hammer at, at all at all costs play as hard as they can. After the first game, I was joking with one of my friends, and I said, the first person that throws a drop pass and no-look drop pass, to nobody on the Oilers needs to have his ass kicked. But the uh, And there was a lot of unforced errors in that first game, but yes. uh, the way they played the last game more than made up for it. They got back to how they play. Uh, you can't play pretty. You've got to, If you want to go far in the playoffs, you cannot play pretty. If you play pretty, we're sitting on a bar stool watching the games together. Uh, if you play a hard, tenacious physical game and you go hard all game no matter what you're going to have a lot better odds of playing in the finals and continuing to win series to get there. Uh,
0: Surprised by Seattle and Dallas at all?
1: No. But uh, one of the things that uh, gets to me about when teams play Seattle I don't think they should try to be in a track meet with them. There are very few teams that can do that. I think Dallas They've got to stick to their guns on how they play. Game two, they took away the middle of the ice. They had all five guys there. They played a long, patient game. I thought they got out of character uh, about – you know, part way into the second, and that was all she wrote for them. And they started to try go, you know, go back and forth. And they didn't try to contain them. And the same thing with Carolina. I thought Carolina should have played a game that was more patient defensively, uh, and not try to race the New Jersey Devils. Because I don't know who the fastest team in the league is, if it's Seattle or New Jersey. But if you try to play their style, it's going to open up, you know, dents in your armor, and you're going to have goals scored against you because they got a lot of finish on both of these teams.
0: Al, great stuff. Love the energy. Thanks for joining us in Oilers Now. Take care, bud. That's Alan May, longtime Washington Capital player. He works on their television broadcast for the last decade plus. Uh, We will tell you that uh, Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass and so much more, Edmonton owned and operated for 50 plus years. They're still making it great at Royal Pizza. You can get their new Canadian Club pizza with ham, chicken, bacon, ranch, and fresh tomatoes. Visit royalpizza.ca. When we come back, we'll get to the game day lineup report for McGuire Financial and Keith Gretzky, the owner's assistant GM, will join us Let's go to the Oilers now injury report. It's brought to you all season long at 153 by James H. Brown and Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Let's think of who were the best players that the University of Alberta ever had that are not on their sports Wall of Fame. And I came up with two names: Trent Brown from James H. Brown, who, of course, uh, was a multiple-time CFL All-Star, best, uh, certain I think the best football player of the U of A in the last 40 plus years, and Ben Thompson. Golden Bears hockey player who was rookie of the year, his first year, and then uh, won back-to-back national titles, including uh, at a game that many of you would have seen back in 0405 at Rexall Place when Thompson scored a brilliant goal in the final 30 seconds and then won it in OT. Those would probably be the two best guys that aren't in the Sports Wall of Fame for me in the modern era. And uh, it's interesting. Ben Thompson wore number 29. He played for Leon Dreisaitl's father, uh, Peter Dreisaitl, over in Ravensburg in Germany, and that is why Leon Dreisaitl wears number Twenty-nine. Matthias Janmark skated with the main group today, closing in on a potential return out uh, after hitting the back of his head and on the boards. Ryan Murray, uh, uh, not available for the Emmett He's been out with back challenges. Logan Thompson has a uh, lower body issue um and hasn't uh, been available for the playoffs after going 24-13-3, a 2.65 goals against average of 9.15, save percentage. Robin Lader, Nolan Patrick on LTIR for Vegas. Of course, Oscar Kleffbaum and Mike Smith on LTIR for the Edmonton Oilers. Excuse me. Into the game day lineup report brought to you by McGuire Financial. Have the right teammates on your side for your financial future. For a free... Financial consultation. Visit McGuireFinancial.ca. All right, Edmonton uh, comes in uh, five and three record in the playoffs so far. McDavid up front with Kane and Drysaddle. Uh, Connor McDavid, forty-five games played in the playoffs, seventy points, including twenty-six goals. Leon Drysaddle up to thirty-one goals, seventy-six points in forty-five games. Drysaddle's got thirteen goals in eight playoff games so far. Bugstead with RH and Hyman. Zach Hyman uh, with five assists in the last, uh, well, the opening two games of the series so far. Ryan McLeod with Warren Fogle and Derek Ryan. Klim Kostin and Connor Yamamoto. So the owners go 11 and 7, we believe. At home with Bouchard. Evan Bouchard, three goals, 14 points in eight games. Darnell Nurse and Cody Ceci, Brett Kulak and Vincent Deharnay. Uh, Philip Roberg will be the extra D's, averaging 636 in games so far in the playoffs. Stuart Skinner starts in goal. For Edmonton, the Oilers, the highest-scoring team in the playoffs, 4.25 goals per game, number one on the power play at 56%. That's right, 56% and number two in shots for per game at 34.4. Vegas, they are 5-2 and two in the playoffs. They beat Winnipeg in uh, five games. Eichel with Barbashev, who's scored in both games so far, and Marcia Show, who's got just two assists in seven games. Carlson with Smith, who's got four assists in seven games, with Mike Amadio. Their third line's been terrific. Chandler, Stevenson, five goals, nine points in seven games. Mark Stone, four goals, 11 points in seven games. And Brett Howden, who fought Brett Kulak the other night in the Battle of the Brats. Uh, It'll be uh, Nicola Waugh along with Carrier and Colzar. Those guys did not finish the game the other night. They all had misconducts. Uh Golden Knights took over seven minutes of penalties. It's an all-time playoff high for them. Martinez and Petrangelo. McNabb a hard hitting left shot D with Theodore Haig and White Cloud. White Cloud fighting Coston at the end of the game. Laurent Bressois starts in goal. Vegas is third. Goals four, three point seven one. And uh, 15th on the PK at 52.4%. Again, the Oilers' power play is at 56% and 5 for 9 in the series. That is your game day lineup report for McGuire Financial. Keith Gretzky uh, will join us at 2.05. We'll talk a bit about the Oilers, but mostly about uh, the progression of growth down on the farm. He'll be our Oilers now headliner for Hawk Beef Jerky. We'll head off to a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilmer.